saving grace, uh, for traveling grace, and for his willingness to continue uh, to bless our lives from day to day uh, with the bountiful, bountifulness of his blessings uh, uh, as we continue to matriculate uh, through this life that he has given us to lead. It's certainly a wonderful pleasure uh, to be here uh, with the family at the Hollywood Street Congregation. Uh, good to see my good friend, uh, Brother Viltz. First time I met these boys, I've heard a lot about them. Uh, first time getting a chance to meet them, and we're just thankful to be able to see all of you and to be with this family this morning. Uh, as Brother Viltz mentioned, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to have uh, my wife, Sister Burrell, uh, with me. I was sharing with him uh, in December. Uh, 29th, we'll be sharing our 45th uh, anniversary, and uh, God has been good to us. Uh, we're thankful this morning, and we want to let you know how much uh, we appreciate you for, uh, for loving and being a wonderful family uh, to our youngest, uh, Eric, uh, and his family as well. Uh, and we are just excited that uh, uh, he and uh, Kathy and the little ones are able to plant their roots here. Uh, with the Hollywood congregation, and once again, uh, we appreciate that uh, indebtedly so very, very much. Uh, on this morning, uh, Brother Viltz has asked me uh, to deal with uh, the subject matter, uh, the importance of spiritual leadership in the kingdom. Uh, and without a shadow of a doubt, I, I have experienced and I do understand uh, 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 very deeply why that is indeed so important and so this is a, a subject matter that I'm delighted uh, to be able to share uh, with each of you on, uh, on this Lord's Day morning. Uh, on this morning I am going to be uh, primarily centering uh, uh, this lesson in the two uh, passages and, and two primary areas that uh, I was given. I'm going to spend uh, some time with you first of all uh, in, in Matthew, the 16th division, uh, and we're going to do a, a walkthrough of what's happening here uh, from verses uh, 13 through 18. Then uh, we're going to spend some primary time uh, also over uh, in Titus and deal with uh, some areas there, and I hope and pray that uh, as we matriculate through the scriptures uh, that this family might be blessed, and uh, we are going to be prayerful uh, that God will move you guys forward uh, in the things that you are uh, about to do. Uh, I understand that uh, we have uh, four brothers, two brothers that uh, you are looking at right now uh, concerning eldership and a couple of men that you're looking at uh, as it relates to uh, the deaconship. And I, I know that uh, that is important to the family. And in the midst of talking about spiritual leadership this morning, we're going to also, we, we, you can't talk about uh, spiritual leadership uh, without including in that uh, spiritual membership as well. Because if you have spiritual uh, leadership and a carnal membership, uh, you're going to end up struggling the way Paul did when he dealt with uh, the church there in the city of Corinth. And so this morning, we're going to be looking at uh, both of those particular uh, perspectives. But uh, as we prepare now to, uh, to lay a few words of introduction uh, to the lesson and then get into the meat of why we're here. Uh, as I look at the audience, I also uh, want to, to acknowledge the fact that uh, we have one of our families that uh, came down from Monroe uh, to be with us this morning. And normally, uh, they, they, they move around, uh, and, and wherever uh, we stop, they uh, make a concerted effort 
uh, to be a part of the sharing uh, also, and that is in the person of the, of the Washingtons, Drexel, and Wanda Washington that's with us as well. Guys, throw your hand up over there. Thank you so much that, 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 that are with us this morning as well. And, of course, we definitely appreciate their, their presence. Again on this morning, uh, my subject matter deals with the importance of spiritual leadership in the kingdom. If I might, I want to, uh, first of all, be sure uh, that you understand, that I understand the importance of staying with the assignment uh, that I, I have been given and so that we can matriculate together and stay on the same page. I, I want us to, first of all, when I look at the subject matter, the importance of spiritual leadership in the kingdom, uh, first of all, I look at the term importance and, 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 and what that, that signals uh, to me. Uh, important means that uh, the subject matter that we are about to address is first of all uh, extremely significant. Uh, it is a, a subject matter uh, that, that will affect uh, the survival, the well-being, uh, and the development of, of, of the church, and particularly here at the Hollywood Congregation. Uh, the term important signals to me that this subject matter is significant, it is consequential, and it is a momentous subject that I know for sure all of us need to pay very strict attention to. Uh, then when we talk about the importance of uh, spiritual leadership, uh, spiritual leadership, I want us to understand this morning uh, that in the context of my sharing, when I think of the term spiritual leadership, spiritual leadership to me consists of leaders that are first of all called by, secondarily led by, and thirdly disciplined by the Holy Spirit of the Almighty God. You can't have spiritual leadership without the calling, leading, and the discipline of the Holy Spirit himself. Uh, the Holy Spirit deals uh, with these men. Uh, the Holy Spirit also must deal with the membership because all of this is conclusive uh, when you're dealing with spiritual leadership. And finally, when we look at the term uh, the, the, the kingdom, spiritual leadership in the kingdom. First of all, we understand the kingdom uh, being uh, the church universal. Uh, but I want to narrow that scope because we're not dealing with the church universal this morning. This morning, we're dealing with the membership of the Hollywood uh, Church of Christ. We're dealing with the membership of the Hollywood Church of Christ. We are dealing with the prospective leader, spiritual leadership of the Hollywood Church of Christ. And, and, and therefore, I want you to understand that I understand and believe then that my task, and I want you to know I will stick to the course of the task, but my task is to first of all enlighten, secondarily to admonish, and thirdly to encourage this congregational family concerning the facts of a day uh, that, that is probably soon to come. And that is ordaining spiritual, uh, spirit-led leadership within the framework of this particular congregation. It is significant. It is quite consequ consequential. And sure enough, it is a momentous undertaking uh, that you are moving forward with at this particular time. 
I do want you to know that over the, uh, that 38-year career uh, that I have experienced there at the Parkview Drive Church, uh, we started this process the first time, and the Spirit said, uh, I know. We started this process a second time. The Spirit said, no. We started this process the third time, and the Spirit said, it's time. And, and, and so I, I, I want you to understand that I realize and know that everything that you do has to be Holy Spirit-led, Holy Spirit-centered, and everyone must humble themselves to the will of, of the Spirit of the Almighty God. I want to begin by, uh, by looking at the subject matter. And because of time, uh, we'll get right in it. If you would, turn your Bibles. We're going to be dealing with uh, the passage of Scripture, first of all, that's found in the 16th division, the 16th division of the Gospel of Matthew. And in that, in that 16th division, we find that, uh, that in, in, as we open this, uh, Jesus begins this particular contextual setting by asking a question that I want you to know, I believe, uh, is an extremely important question for the men uh, who will one day work with this family as spiritual leaders, and also it must be understood uh, uh, by the family, by the membership of the congregation as well. The Bible says in, Mark, in Matthew 16, 13 and following, when Jesus came, into the coast of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Jesus said, Gentlemen, I want you to tell me uh, what is the report on the street? What's the, what's the talk on the street? What are they saying on CNN? What are they saying on MSNBC? What, what, what's the word out there concerning who men uh, uh, think and believe that I am? And the disciples begin to say, and some say uh, that thou art John the Baptist. Some say that thou art Elijah. And others say with Jeremiah. Others uh, simply say, uh, got to be one of the prophets. And so, and so in the midst of that, I believe that, that this was a, a setup question. Uh, Jesus knew what the people, uh, what, what, they, what they thought of him. They, he knew exactly uh, all the stuff that was going on in their mind. Uh, but this question was important. It was important. It was important for them. Jesus needed them to get a little closer uh, to understanding that I am not just a man. I am not just one of the prophets. I need you to know that I am the prophet. I need you to know that I'm not simply uh, the son of man, uh, uh, but more importantly, I am uh, the son uh, of God. And, and brothers and sisters, the church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and you as disciples of Christ, and myself as disciples of Jesus Christ, uh, your leaders as disciples of Jesus Christ must understand uh, who runs the church must understand where, where the bottom line happens to be, must understand that the book doesn't stop with humanity, the book stops with divinity. And therefore the Bible says in verse 15, uh, he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? You see, you see, that, that was a point from the start. I, I need you. He says, I need you to search your souls. I need you uh, to go down into the depth 
of your understanding. He says, it's time out for this surface thinking. I need to drill you to get where you need to be. And, and, and so in looking at this, and looking at this, you see, he says, he says, he says, he says, he says, who do you believe I am? What, what do you have to say? He says, I don't want you to get it, get it twisted. He says, I want you to, to understand, and, I, and, and God wants us to understand that the Lord Jesus is still the Messiah. He is still the one true God. He is still the judge. He's still the husband of the bride, the church. He's still the provider, the light, the true vine. And it is, it is the Lord that all of us must humble ourselves and deal with. You can't have spiritual leadership that don't understand who the Lord is. You can't have a spiritual membership that doesn't understand who the Lord is. It's very easy for all of us to get to the point we don't see him. We had, we had audibly heard from him, look like we're running this thing all by ourselves. What, what a tragedy. What a tragedy. Because when we, when we look at this, we want to understand that great churches, you see, are not built by men. But great churches always, uh, uh, they are built, if they're great, they are built by the almighty God. They are built by the Lord himself. Our church, we must, we must uh, lock in because both the leadership and the membership must recognize uh, indeed who he is. And, and as these men uh, uh, contemplated this, and as we contemplate this today, this is what our worship is all about. Our worship has to be about him. Our prayers must be about him. Our stewardship and our singing, all that we do must be about him. But if we don't, under, if we don't really know him, if, if, if his presence is not where it needs to be, then all of those areas of worship, uh, brothers and sisters, will indeed go lacking. Uh, when, when Peter uh, stepped to the forefront, that, that impetuous-natured uh, individual, uh, Peter said something uh, that, that I'm sure shocked Peter. <laughs> he said something that, 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 that I'm sure shocked him. For the scripture says in verse 16, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of uh, the living God. Uh, I want us to understand that that, that, that Jesus, uh, Jesus uh, out of necessity, uh, moved to help to clear the matter indeed. Because, you see, he, he wanted Peter to understand. He wanted the disciples to understand. He wants us to understand that without God himself, without the Spirit himself, even though we want to know him, we can't know him all by ourselves. And if there is going to be spiritual leadership, if we're going to be a spiritual people, we must humble ourselves so that uh, the Spirit of God uh, can, can, can give us the proper understanding and revelation through the Word of God, indeed, to know Him, uh, and thereby we can know ourselves. In verse number 17, uh, Jesus, uh, the Bible says, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art, blessed art thou, son of uh, Simon by Jonah, he said, For flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. He, he, he said, Peter, you didn't come up with this by yourself. 
He says, it says, it says, it says Peter, uh, you, you, you're, not, you're not so good uh, uh, that, that, that you can understand uh, all by yourself what you just said. He says, I want you to understand that, that something has been revealed to you. You see, in order to, you, you, you reveal that which is concealed. You reveal that which is hidden. And in this case, Peter and the disciples in their mind still hadn't got to the full understanding of actually who it was. They've been trying, they've been growing, they've been developing, but they still hadn't gotten there yet. And so, and so as we look at that particular situation, the situation, uh, Jesus wanted them to understand, no, flesh and blood, son, you, 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 can, you didn't come up with this, and you can't come up with this, but rather something has been revealed to you, and it has been revealed to you by my Father, which is uh, in heaven. Uh, you, you see, in order to under, understand the things of God, you have to be spiritual. Because the things of God, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, are the things of God are compared spiritual with spiritual. Uh, and, and, so, and so the natural man uh, cannot perceive, understand, and, and walk in the spiritual. It takes a man uh, who is possessed by the spirit of the almighty God, who, who is indwelt by the spirit of the almighty God. It takes that for leadership, and it takes that for membership as well. So all of us are in this together. All of you are in this together. All of us must understand it's time uh, to take our, our lives uh, up another level uh, because we're looking for our family uh, to go up another level as well. And so, and so Jesus, in the midst of this, in verse number 18, Jesus said, and I also say unto thee, uh, say unto, unto you, that thou art Peter, and on this rock I will be my church, and the gates of Hades, uh, or hell, shall not prevail uh, against it. Uh, when, when, we, when we look at this, we want to, uh, to understand, uh, again, again, that, that, that Peter was just a vessel. Without the movement of the Holy Spirit, we are just clay pots. Uh, we, we, are, we are just vessels out here uh, striving and trying to get an understanding. But because when we were baptized into Christ, uh, when we, 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 were, we were baptized into Christ and filled with the Holy Spirit, we have within us uh, the person uh, that will lead us and guide us into the truths and directions that we must understand. But in order for that to happen, we must not quench the Spirit, but rather submit ourselves to the Spirit, and He will take us uh, together as a spiritual body in the direction that God would indeed have us to go. I, I, do, I do want I want us to, uh, to understand this morning that, that unlike what the world teaches and unlike uh, what the world uh, believes, uh, uh, that, 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 that rock uh, that the Lord talks about in the coming verse uh, has, has, has nothing, to, in, in verse 18, has nothing to do uh, with Peter the person. Peter uh, is not uh, the rock upon which the church is, is built, the way Catholicism ha ha has lassoed, arrested, uh, and put that before humanity for hundreds of years, but rather, but rather the statement, the statement that God the Father gave 
the statement that God the Father gave uh, uh, to Peter that Peter did not even closely uh, fully understand the fact uh, that Jesus is the Christ. He is the son of the living God. He is the rock upon which we stand. He is the rock upon which we get our energy uh, and our substance in order to be and have a spiritual leadership, in order to have a spiritual membership uh, that will, will serve as a light to the world right here uh, on uh, Hollywood Street. You know, as we look at this situation, it's just amazing uh, how the world uh, insists and how uh, the world uh, play footsie uh, uh, as they deal with their own spin on the scripture and the word of the almighty God. But, uh, and I know many times we will utilize uh, the Greek term uh, for pebble and the term uh, for rock uh, to share that. Uh, but just, just, just common understanding would help us uh, to know that Peter could not have been the rock. And then the, 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 the scriptures, the word of God, uh, uh, shows us vividly who the rock is. And I, I want you to know this morning that, that spiritual leadership must know and understand the rock upon which they stand. Uh, the spiritual membership of the church must understand the rock upon which we stand. When we look at the situation with Peter, uh, Peter, in this occasion, uh, the, the, the God of heaven opened him up just enough to get the real information and the identity of the Lord out. Uh, but, 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 but Peter still struggled with his understanding. And, and I know that because in Matthew 26, uh, we see that, that the same Peter in Matthew 16 that made the statement, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, uh, comes over under pressure and duress in the 26th division and say, I don't know the man. Uh, uh, in, 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 in God would not establish the church uh, that, that is out here as the light of the world on, on, a sh on the shiftless mindlessness of an impetuous individual like Peter. In Matthew 26, the Bible says, starting at verse 69, very quickly, the Bible says, uh, in, in looking at this uh, denial of Peter, uh, moving from chapter 16 to chapter 26, the Bible says, now Peter sat without in the palace, down at verse 69, and a damsel came unto him, saying, uh, thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee, but he denied before them, before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was going out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto him uh, uh, that that were there, this fellow was also with Jesus of, of Nazareth. And again, he denied uh, with an oath. He said, I swear, I do not know the man. And after a while, you see, his denials are getting deeper and deeper. At first, he said, I, I don't, you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, secondarily, he says, he says, I swear I don't know him. In verse 33, the Bible says, And after a while uh, came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee. Uh, then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And of course, as Jesus had predicted immediately, the cock crew. 
And so, and so, and so we must understand then uh, that, that Peter, of course, we understand, is not the rock. Uh, but do we understand that, that, that unequivocally the Bible teaches uh, that the rock upon which we all must stand uh, is none other than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I remember when we go back into the, uh, the testament of the old uh, that Daniel, Daniel stood flat-footed and prophetically saw the rock upon which we stand today. In Daniel chapter 2 uh, in verse uh, 31 and following as Daniel described uh, this dream, this nightmare uh, that woke Nebuchadnezzar up in the, in the middle of the night dealing with his image and kept him up all night and he went through all of his men could find nobody to help him with the dream. Daniel comes in and interprets the dream uh, uh, saying and, and, and describing for him that that particular figure uh, that he saw out there uh, dealt with, with four uh, different kingdoms. It dealt with uh, the, the, the Medo-Persian kingdom. It dealt uh, with the Grecian uh, kingdom. It dealt with Babylon. It dealt with Rome finally. And in Daniel 2, 31 and following, Daniel says, You, O king, were watching and behold a great image. This great image whose splendor was excellent stood before you, and its form was awesome. This image's head was of, the, of, of, the, of fine gold, its chest, arms of silver, its belly, and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron, partly of clay. He says, You watch while a stone was cut out without hand. A stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on his feet of, of, of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. In verse 43, Daniel says, And you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay. They were mingled with the seed of men, uh, but they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of these kings, speaking of, of that last group, that, uh, that group at the bottom that, that formed uh, uh, the feet, that mixture there, he says that in the days of these kings, uh, the God of heaven uh, will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Then he says the great God has made known to the king. Uh, what will come to pass after this? He says the dream is certain and the interpretation is sure. Uh, this is why the God of heaven, just like he gave the information to Peter in Matthew 16, he gave the needed information to Isaiah about this rock, about the stone. And this is why Isaiah spoke in Isaiah 28, 16. Isaiah said, therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a, a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone. He said, a sure foundation, whosoever believes will not act hastily. And as I, as I, as I, as I, as I close to understand that particular point, that the apostle Peter, the same Peter that stood there in Matthew 16, the same Peter reaches back to what Isaiah had to say, 
when he speaks in 1 Peter 2, 1 and following and says unequivocally that that rock uh, that, that Isaiah spoke of, the rock that Daniel prophetically showed us is indeed uh, the Christ and not himself. Peter says in 1 Peter 2, go with me there, starting at verse number 1. I want you to know that Peter believed and understood that Christ was indeed uh, the rock. Therefore, laying aside, Peter said, all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. He says, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. He says, come into him as a living stone. We come into him as a living stone rejected, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. Peter understood that that living stone that has been rejected by men was indeed chosen by God and a precious stone. He says, you also, we now, as living stone, little stone, are modeled after the big stone. As little stones are being built up, a what, what type of house? A spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in Scripture, and it is here that he repeats the, prophet, the prophecy of Isaiah to help us to understand that truly the rock is uh, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then Peter in Acts chapter 4 addressing the Sanhedrin, he does uh, the very, very same thing. Uh, so I believe this morning that, that, that our, our perspective leaders uh, must, be, must understand the rock upon which we stand. Our congregation must understand the rock upon which we stand. And, and, and Jesus uh, signals to us uh, one of the reasons, another reason that it is so important that we have spiritual leadership leading a spiritual membership it, because Jesus said in the latter part of verse 18, he says, and the gates of Hades or the gates of hell shall not prevail uh, against it. Uh, we, we must have spiritual leadership. We must be a spiritual membership because we are at war. Uh, because of the fact that we are at war. We don't see an enemy with AK-47s. Uh, we don't see uh, an enemy uh, with, with rocket launchers. We, we can't see the AK-47s. We can't see the rocket launchers. Uh, but, but we are being bombarded each and every day by, by the spiritual wickedness that wants to take down the body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There are enemies that wants to see Hollywood shut down. There are enemies that wants to see uh, this membership divided. There are enemies that want to destroy those men either before or after uh, they become a part of your spiritual leadership. For the Holy Spirit speaks in Ephesians 6, 10 and following. Paul says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in uh, heavenly places. And therefore, we must be spiritual. Uh, we must be able to discern and realize that we can never forget that the enemy is working. 
We can never stop watching because the enemy is working. We cannot ever stop evaluating where we're going and why we're going and how we're trying to get there and lining up with the scripture and spiritual leadership has a responsibility to keep the spiritual membership of the body of Christ on their spiritual task. And so truly what you're doing uh, is momentous. Uh, truly what you're doing uh, is, is extremely, extremely important. We must remember uh, that in order to fight uh, a spiritual foe, we must always understand uh, that we have to utilize the spiritual weapon. Uh, Paul mentioned this in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10 uh, in, in, in verse number 3 and following. Paul says, but though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Are not carnal. We, we, it, because Satan has AK-47, we don't go out and get ours. Uh, that, that's not the way it's done. We don't do it that way. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. These strongholds are, are, are satanic strongholds that will lock down your mind as a child of God. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience. Uh, he says all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. What are you saying? What are you saying, Paul? Paul wants us to understand, again, uh, that, that, that n n number, number one, what God would have us to do is stand spiritually, humble ourselves to the movement of the Spirit, and obey him. When, when we do that, God's got the enemy. Satan has already lost, lost the battle. Uh, the war. He's already, he, he, he's, he's, a, he's a doomed, his kingdom is already doomed. What we have to do is stand spiritually because God said a long time ago that the battle belongs to the Lord. And so, and so, and so let us, our, our, our brothers and sisters, uh, remain and lock ourselves down in this spiritual aspect of what the Lord is calling us to do and be. Uh, when we look at Matthew 16, we want to understand as we look at a few takeaways that leadership as well as a membership uh, must know divinely who Christ is. Each and every one of us, the spiritual membership and spiritual leadership, uh, must understand and humble ourselves to the spirit uh, so that we can receive that, rev that divine revelation and understanding of what God is giving us through his word and through the unction of uh, the Holy Spirit. Uh, we must all recognize the church as the spiritual kingdom of God on planet earth. Understand that she is divine. She is heavenly. And God did not simply leave it up to us, but he left up to us to humble ourselves uh, and follow our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our brothers and sisters, as we, as we deal with these particulars, I want to ask you to go with me for just a moment uh, because of this, this brings uh, bring to forbearance uh, exactly where we are today. Uh, I want you to turn with us to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians uh, chapter 4, this was another uh, one of the passages that, uh, that Brother Vilt uh, sent over uh, to me. In Ephesians uh, chapter 4, uh, specifically, I want to look at uh, what the scripture has to say uh, concerning this spiritual, spiritual leadership 
question. I, I, I want us to understand that speaking to the direct operation of the Holy Spirit in establishing a leadership in the church and, and, and spiritual membership in the church is based on, on the functionality of what the Holy Spirit is doing uh, within the congregational body. Uh, all of what we're looking at in Ephesians 4 uh, comes from the operation uh, of the Holy Spirit. When we look at Ephesians 4, I want you to drop down with me uh, to verse number 7 because of time to get the, to, to look at the context. In Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 7, the Bible says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. He didn't say, uh, he, he didn't say but unto every uh, man that uh, we're, we're going to put forth before the church uh, uh, to be apologized. He didn't say that. He said unto every one of us. Uh, that means that the Spirit is working in everybody. Uh, he's, he's supposed to be moving in everybody. How do we make good decisions without the Holy Spirit? Uh, how, do, how do we determine where we are and where we are to go without the Holy Spirit? But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. He says, wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, gave gifts unto men. Uh, now, 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 now that he ascended, what is it but that he descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above heavens uh, that he might feel uh, all things. Jesus gave his life freely on the cross of Calvary. He died, went down the Hades, snatched the keys of death and hell uh, from Satan. Uh, where, 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 he, where, where he continues uh, to rule. He humbled uh, darkness. He humbled the kingdom that so vehemently is trying to take down the kingdom of light. The Lord Jesus came out of the grave, walked down here uh, for 40 days, uh, uh, communed with the disciples up to 500 times at one time, went on back to glory, sat on the right hand uh, of the Father where he still is there operating on behalf of the church. But when he got there, he sent the promise that he had promised the disciples before he left, I'm sending you a comforter like unto myself. I'm sending you a paraclete that will be with you always. And therefore, the spirit, the same spirit that descended on Pentecost is the same Holy Spirit that indwells us when we were baptized into Christ for the remission of our sins according uh, to our faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. This, this is what, what, what Paul wants us to understand, uh, that when Jesus went back to glory, a part of the mission that he gave the Holy Spirit is to continue the giftedness of men. And as, as we look at that, the Spirit, the Spirit in his commissioning, the Bible says, uh, and, he gave, and he gave some apostles, he gave some prophets, he gave some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Uh, when we look at this particular uh, uh, situation, uh, uh, we understand that the apostles uh, are gone. We understand that, we, that the prophets are not needed because we've got uh, the, 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 the full word of the almighty God. However, we do know that we still have uh, the office of the evangelists. We still have the office of elders and, and teaching elders. That's what he's, he's talking about. Uh, pastors and teachers, elders, are uh, uh, bishops, uh, who, who, these, these pastors who are not only eldering, but they're also teaching elders. So, so as we look at this, 
We want to understand that the church of Christ cannot have spiritual leadership unless the spirit of God brings it together. That's why I said the first time we tried it in Monroe, it, 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 it didn't come to fruition, you know, because the spirit said no. The second time we did that, uh, the spirit said no. The spirit knows the heart of every man. He knows the heart of every member of the body. He knows what's taking place. He knows the atmosphere that he's trying to develop and create in order to make this happen. And brothers and sisters, I want you to know that when you follow the spirit and the spirit brings this together, it, it will be, it will be uh, the greatest day within this congregation's history when leadership is, is established and checked off and approved by the spirit of uh, the almighty God. And so, and so we, 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 will, we will pray for you. We will pray uh, with you uh, uh, that all things will come together uh, the way God would have it to do so. Uh, when you go down now to verse uh, number 12 of that Ephesians 4 uh, passage there, uh, we go down there and, and, and the Bible, uh, brethren, those four men that are moving toward leadership and brothers and sisters, God has given them a powerful a threefold responsibility, our spiritual leadership. And this is important for each of you, for every member of this congregation. For the Bible says in verse 12 of Ephesians 4, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. You see, this verse speaks directly uh, to, to, to a most important threefold responsibility of these men. Uh, these men have the responsibility, first of all, of maturing, of organizing, ordering, and lining up the saints of God. This is their relationship to the membership. And if the membership is not spiritual, if, if, if they are not mature, we will fight organization. We will fight and struggle with receiving directives. We will struggle with getting all lined up together to get the work of ministry done. Ministry is the lifeblood of the church. Ministry is the lifeblood of the church. And so, and so when the Spirit calls leadership, uh, one of the primary endeavors is to organize the family, is to order the families, to line up the ministries of the family. Back home, we have 18, 18 uh, specific uh, ministries and then a set of directives that, uh, that the ladies handle among themselves and a set of directives that the brothers handle uh, among themselves, all, all doing so uh, under the umbrella of our elders and the participation of our deacons as well. So I know, I know, how many, raise your hand if you're a part of a ministry here at Hollywood, raise your hand. Okay, all right, thank you. Now, you, you know what God is looking for? He's looking for at some point in time when that question is asked that every hand in the house is raised. Every hand in the house, at every age, every hand is raised and involved in ministry. If we will do that, it, you, you, can, you won't be able to stay uh, in this location very long. Because God, God will continue to build up the family of God here. Uh, secondarily, secondarily, uh, as, as, as these men work hard to put uh, these ministry areas, areas together. 
I noticed the Lord said for the perfecting of the saints, number one, that's maturing. Uh, what are you maturing them for? Get them ready for what? For ministry. For what purpose? So for to edify the body of Christ. You see, the, the body has the ability to edify itself because it will never be edified by the world. If, 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 if we're not edifying one another, we don't get edified. They're not going to edify you on the job. You know, they're, they're not going to edify you in the world. You're going to get put down out there. You're going to get questioned out there. You're going to get laughed at out there. And so, and, so, and so we as the body, we must edify ourselves. He said it's the building up of Christ's mystical body. We must be, be, be edified in faith, edified in love, edified in holiness, edified in worship, edified in ministry. And the purpose of that is so that the family of God can become strong and stay strong and be meaningful, a meaningful light in the midst of uh, the earth. And thirdly, in that passage of Scripture, the Bible helps us to understand that this work of leadership and this work of membership is a perpetual work. It, it, is, it is a lifelong work. Uh, I, I, I Paul said to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 4, drop down to verse 13. He said, he said, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And, 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 and he says, he says, teal, that, that teal thing uh, deals with time. And we are, we are to do this ministry. We are, to, we are to be spiritual leaders and we are to be a spiritual membership uh, until this happens. And guess what? It will not happen in our lifetime. We'll never measure up to the, to the stature of Jesus Christ. The, the Lord said this is the goal. You're going to die and not get there. But this is what you are to strive for as an individual, as a family, as a leadership. And, 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 and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how, how young. It doesn't matter how old. Our spirit can still be locked in, exuberant, and robust for the cause of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And finally, finally, to the family of God, I want to ask you to turn with me very quickly. Uh, to this last passage, 1 Peter chapter 5, as Peter deals directly with the men, Peter deals directly to, to, to the membership as well. As we look at this, uh, 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 Peter is a, is, is a, is a man that, that, that God knew uh, uh, was beautifully equipped to do what he's about to do. And I, I, I want to ask you, uh, all of our prospective leaders, uh, to lock into what Peter has to say. I want to, I want to encourage the family of God uh, to lock into what uh, Peter is about to say. In 1 Peter, the fifth division, starting at verse number one, Peter says, the elders which are among you, the elders which are among you, I exhort, whom I home also, who, who am also an elder, and a witness of the suffering of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be Revealed in, in verse number one, uh, I hear Peter saying uh, that elders are, are to smell like the sheep. He says the elders which are among you. Elders have to be among the people of God. 
by the elders are to know you and you are to know the elders. None of us are to be aside into ourselves because we need one another. Paul says the elders which are among you because the shepherd is among the sheep. The shepherd smells like the sheep. And when the elder is among uh, the membership, uh, the elder understands and have a relationship with the membership like a shepherd has with the sheep. He says to these men, he says, feed the flock of God which is among you. And, 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 and the food that we have is the spiritual food uh, of the word. He says you must take oversight. He says, reach out there and hold on to your responsibility. Uh, but in taking oversight, which people struggle with, children struggle with, little babies getting out the crib struggle with, that's a part of our humanity. That's why we have to be spiritual. If we're not spiritual, we'll go right back to our nature, and we are naughty by nature. Uh, but when, when, when the spirit is in charge, uh, everything is all right. So he says to the brethren, he says, take the oversight thereof, but not by constraint, but do it willingly, not for the sake of dollars and cents, a pride or prestige or any such a thing, but do it with a willing kind of mind. Do it with a willing mind. Our brothers and sisters and, 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 and to our men and to the family, uh, when that last round that we did uh, with establishing our elders and deacons, uh, we spent two years. And most of that two years, uh, we were drilled on the fact that we are servants. We are not to be served, but we are here serving. Uh, Jesus' disciples struggled with that time and time and time again, and he had to set them straight. Leadership in the body of Christ is not like leadership on the job. It's not like leadership in corporate America. Uh, we are in a totally different kingdom, uh, but God has fixed it so that we can get done what needs to get done. I, I, am, just, I am just elated to have faithful elders. I'm elated to have faithful deacons that I know that I can indeed depend on day in and day out. Uh, my assistant minister, brother, uh, brother Rod Washington, uh, is, is, one, is one of our deacons. And I tell the family, I tell the family all the time, I know that I, I, I have a life extension because of Rod Washington. I can hand stuff off to Rod and not even uh, think about it. We, we, we as a church, we have to be careful. Uh, we kill a lot of preachers. We, 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 we take out. A lot of preachers. I go, I go to lectureships and I see preachers' wives that have outlived their husband 15, 20, 30, and 35 years. Men dead and gone. Wives just as pretty and, and stately and handling life. Mine still good. Husband gone because he was worn all the way out by his labor within the framework of the children of God. The, 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 if you've got an evangelist that you love, get him some help. Uh, you got a congregation, you got brethren that you love, prop them up and help them and be there because we should not make their labor grievous, but rather it should be a joy. And that's why we're going to Hebrews 13 to close this thing out. In Hebrews 13 and verse number 7, the Bible says, Remember them that have the rule over you. 
Remember them that have the rule over you. What does that mean? It means keep them close to your bosom. Keep them close to your heart. It means think about them, talk to God about them. Uh, and, and, and when we do that toward one another, it, it reflects in our attitude. It reflects in, it reflects in uh, our spirit. And then he says, uh, them who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, whose, whose faith follow in the body of Christ. We struggle. We struggle day in and day out. We be, we're concerned all the time. Uh, whether or not we can have mentors in, in the body of Christ, whether or not we have sisters that our daughters can pattern themselves after, whether or not we have men that our sons can pattern themselves uh, after. Uh, the elders are to be men that any family member, anyone can pattern their lives uh, uh, after their walk of faith, after their walk of faith. And, 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 and understand uh, that when death come, uh, that brother so-and-so is in heaven, not because we're trying to put him there, but because of the life that he lived before the family and the life that he lived before the world uh, in which we live in. And finally, I want to admonish the membership, the spiritual membership of, of the church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In verse 17, the Holy Ghost says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourself. Watch this now. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account. And then the Spirit says that they may do it with joy. Don't listen to people that tell you you, you, you always have to have your foot on leadership. Don't listen to folk that says you always better be suspect of leadership. You see, you're not dealing with leadership out there. You're not dealing with leadership in some other congregation. You cannot have leadership unless you come together as a membership and get that done. And if you trust these men enough, to have them ordained as, as elders and deacons, uh, then that says that I trust them enough to follow them. I trust them enough to pray for them. I trust them enough to be spiritual enough so that I don't cause their work to be a grievous work, but rather that when they deal with me, they walk away saying, it's a joy. Brothers and sisters, that didn't come from Brother Borea. That comes from the spirit. It comes from the word of God. Hebrews 13 and 17. And, and, and he closes it out by saying that if you don't, that, that you do that. Because, because allowing the, the, the elders and deacons and the evangelists to allow their work to be grievous. He says it is not good for you. It's not good for you. It's not good for the membership. And I, I want to encourage you today in the, in, in the midst of this particular assembly to stay on uh, the road. Stay on the road to spiritual leadership. And if you're not on the road, uh, some of you, if you know you're not as spiritual as you, as you need to be, if you know you're having thoughts that, uh, that you shouldn't have and you're saying things that you shouldn't say you're, you're having an attitude that you shouldn't have. And if your thinking is a little stinky 
uh, then, 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 then let today be the day that that changes. Let, let today be the day that you get aboard that spiritual train. You see, that spiritual train and say, Lord, take us where you would have us to go. We are going to humble ourselves to the, to the word. We're going to humble ourselves to the spirit. And we want to be all that you have called us to be. That, that, that's what this day is all about. That's what you've been doing all year. And I believe that when you get to that point and when you cross that line, uh, that the whole atmosphere of this family will go to another level. Your work will go to another level. The doors that God will open will go indeed to another level. And you will rejoice day in and day out that you followed the unction of the spirit. You followed the directive of the spirit through the word of the almighty God. And you, you stepped in. You planted your flag on Jesus. You planted your flag on the rock. And you said, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. This morning, if you're here, uh, speaking of the rock, our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ, you're here uh, this morning and you need to repent uh, to the rock. Uh, let the rock know that you have been moving your life in a contrary way and a contrary nature. Uh, what a wonderful opportunity this morning to come uh, and, and repent. Of, of that sin and, and, the, and, and the blood will get that out of your system. Your mind will be freed. Your spirit will be freed and you'll be able to come on and continue to walk with God. You're here uh, this morning and you find your life outside of Christ and you haven't been baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins. What a day uh, to come today and get that situation fixed. If you're willing to put all your faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, that rock that still uh, stands uh, in that dreary land. That bridge uh, that will take you from where you are to a right relationship with God. If you will humble yourself, uh, believe the death, burial, and resurrection with all your heart, soul, and strength. Be willing to repent before God of all of your sins. Confess Jesus Christ as the Son of God. And you come down the aisle. Be baptized for the remission of your sin. God will set you up on, in heavenly places with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you can leave this place a child of the Almighty God, filled with the Spirit, able to receive all that God has for you in this life and in the life to come. We trust and we pray that you will be blessed as you move forward with the plans that you have at this hour. As, the, as our sung leader will come at this time, and as we stand, we bid you to come and allow the, the Lord himself to have his way with you today. Amen. Will you come this morning and be blessed? Will you There's come? a fountain.